What is it that keeps people so enthralled by Julia? There's a continual peak interest in her, and that's a testament to her abilities to be natural and endearing and authentic. She was actually a master of being the absorber of other people's information and like she wanted to learn as much as she could from others. And I feel like that's my approach. Welcome to the Steven Satterfield Show, part of Whetstone Radio Collective. Welcome back to the Steven Satterfield Show. Today's guest is Christine Tobin, culinary creative working in film and television on a mission to bring stories to life through the beauty and culture of food. Specifically, Christine is the food stylist on the hit HBO television series, Julia, based on the life of Julia Child, which takes place in 1960s Cambridge, Massachusetts. The second season of the show aired on November 16th. Christine and I talk about what the role of Julia was in her own life and career and how she approached bringing food to life on screen. And her answer is interesting. Spoiler, she makes the dishes into their own character. And you're probably lucky that you didn't hear more from me talking about my own love of Julia Child. I was obsessed as a teenager growing up in Atlanta. I would rush home every day after school, sometimes didn't even make it to school, would just go straight to the homie's crib and turn on the TV to watch Jock and Julia do their thing. I can't say enough about how much she inspired me to be entertained by food and to see food as a serious and worthwhile endeavor. So forever and always, shout out to Julia Child. I hope you all enjoyed the episode. Next up, Christine Tobin. Julia on HBO, the production that you're currently working on. As far as working in a a culinary production, as I understand it, there's kind of two productions happening concurrently. There is the production of actually making the film. And then there's the logistics of preparing food with with specifications for TV and, and so forth. So can you talk about working on set from the culinary perspective? Yeah, well, I think my approach to food, having worked in restaurants before getting into film for 30 years, my approach to it on set is definitely in a holistic way. And I use real food. I don't use fake food. I operate as a caterer would. Season two, for example, of Julie, we have a lot of deluxe dinner parties and home kitchen moments. And I prepare foods for those scenes as I would if they were in my own home. I mean, I'm there and I'm present for, and I, so I'm, I have that immediate sensing from them how happy they are with being present in that space. But then I, can also identify it when I'm watching on the monitor and when I see it on screen that there is a lot of joy that that this food brings not only to the scene, but the characters that are there to engage in it or enjoy it. Is that an unusual thing about food prepared for production, that it's actually real food? A lot of people assume that it's fake food. And I think you know, when food styling first became 
a niche profession with photography and advertising, especially back in 70s and 80s. They would use tricks, the glue for the milk or something like that for a cereal ad. But for my purposes, I come from an art background. I don't come from a culinary background. I didn't go to culinary school. I could easily make armatures and molds, Mm -hmm. but it's not the purpose of me being there. My purpose there is to present food. So I use real food. And so I've been doing this for 13 years now. And the first job I had on Labor Day was a movie like All About Pies, for example. So I made like hundreds of pies alongside the grand dame of food styling of film, Susan Spungen, who actually hired me to be her assistant on that show. And the medic at the time wouldn't allow me to give the food away because in case someone was to get poisoning or, you know, assuming that there were things that were in it that weren't real. I'm like, no, these are like beautifully crafted pies I made from my house. So luckily that's changed. And I think that comes from the work I've done from job to job to job and people looking forward to me showing up. They know they're going to be well fed that day. (laughs) And, And what a treat for those on set. And I know you said you didn't go to culinary school, but you have worked in professional kitchens and also in production your time at milk street did you notice overlapping dialogue between these two related sectors that you were straddling so when i was at milk street as their key food stylist like being in that stationary base in styling and presenting food for camera it was you know it was of an editorial spectrum so it's myself the art director and the photographer and then the test cooks and the kitchen manager that would be there as a liaison sometimes with editorial work or commercial work it's you know I'm there preparing the foods for camera as well as styling it but what's different is is when you're in motion work, what comes into play is just the bazillion years of me working in kitchens and front of the house of restaurants, where it is that adrenaline that drives you. I mean, it becomes like an Olympic sport, right? You're not only needing to cook sometimes as if you're camping, you know, with very minimal equipment under a tent in the snow Mm -hmm. with heavy wind, but then the physicality of it, of getting... I don't want to say the weeds, it's not the weeds, it's just like that pulsiveness that comes with restaurant work. I find it similar to on-set movie and television work that for some reason I'm adaptable in. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, it's physical as well as mental. And I think what I love about straddling these two mediums is that the still work helps identify how I approach the motion work when it comes to that last minute that is on camera, but on motion work, it's not, the food styling thing is at the very last second. I feel like we should change the terminology of the role because it's grown so much. So like a show like Julia, what a typical food styling job on motion is times like a thousand. I want to talk about Julia more broadly as a luminary and as a subject. I can count myself among countless disciples who have come to food because of Julia Child. It's almost embarrassingly cliche at this point to say, we know that obviously there's a a certain interest still in Julia as a subject all these years later. How are you looking at this second season as an opportunity to go deeper 
and also just your own kind of personal reflections on Julia as a luminary. I can only speak from my personal experience with growing up with Julia and how she touched me. I just have such a deep personal connection to her and how at such a young age, I gravitated towards her and how she's led me through, you know, all these years of being someone I was just raised on, but not necessarily wanting to follow or pursue in those footsteps. She's a part of my memories and Mm -hmm. being here in New England, because I still live in, you know, Boston, that culturally here, she's such, and will continue to have a huge presence. And there's a lot of protection that goes into the, the work I do on behalf of her food. As far as her as a woman, I think, you know, I started the work on Julia at the same age that she started the French chef. So I turn to her now and as well as many other women of a certain age at a certain time or even present time that have this second act in life and pursuit of what gets them, you know, excited or interested in or what is something they've naturally come to and continue with and have made like a grand profession from. I try to sort of think about, well, why is that? You know, I ask myself, well, why, what is it that keeps people so enthralled by her? And there's a continual peak interest in her. And that's a testament to her abilities to be natural and endearing and authentic and all the things that we hope will continue as as a teacher, especially in the broad spectrum of media, of delivery Mm -hmm. of of content and information that and hopefully will not become a lost art. You know, the same way she, she would go out and teach us, like she was actually a master of being the absorber of other people's information. And she wanted to learn as much as she could from others. And I feel like that's my approach and somehow it funnels through me. And also as a, a means of, I guess, the craft itself to, to come back to the more technical parts of your work, how do you prepare for the role? So most of the foods are scripted. So we have our writers and I get the script and episode, there's the title of the dish that is being highlighted. So episode seven is like shrimp and grits. We're at the White House and we meet like Zephyr Wright. And she's she was the President Johnson's personal chef. And she worked in the belly of the kitchen with this bully of a, of a chef. And But then there's these opportunities like in the grander base of her kitchen or a dinner out at a restaurant like that I will then design around those elements and do you know heavy research so comes the script then I turn to her cookbook I dissect the recipe luckily the way she writes about the preparation of the food has made my job super easy where you know even down to the equipment being used with the little guy you know illustrations every few pages so we test the recipes and then we just go into sort of planning for the scene and you know having discussions in meetings kind of at length about like the numbers. So I like to sort of zone in on the amounts. So a lot of people, that's another big question, like how many chickens do you roast? You know, things like that. So just to control, control the preparation of the food, the engagement of the food, and then the waste of the food. So that's sort of like the basics of how from point A to, to point B. But, you know, 
the day the day of and like 20 minutes before a scene comes up, you go into like the adrenaline mode and food lands, you know, things are meets and paws to me stage side. And I put those last kisses or sautés or whatever, but I bring all the dishes together that then land in front of the camera. And then it's just like a lot of different points and layers before you get to that moment. So yeah, the big reveal. The big, big reveal. And, and, you know, for the, for the scenes in the French chef, what's been really cool is, is like the research is with her writing and the recipe, but then it's looking at footage from the series, the French chef and, you know, matching those scenes as, as best I can to bring the foods to the, you know, the counter as she would have, you know, and sometimes I'll make the place look like something exploded, you know, which is always, a fun a fun day definitely can make a mess so so i'm curious what you feel about food studies is now a lot more common mm -hmm. and respected than it was you know almost 20 years ago and i've noticed the same latter half of 20th century and more recently the last couple decades general professionalization across the board mm -hmm. in in my view, also in um, arenas like food styling. So do you have any sense of, I guess, whether or not you can validate that basic rough assumption? Well, I love that those studies have broadened and the numbers are growing because we need it. I, mm -hmm. I gravitate towards that just as a nerd. Like I'm a massive food nerd. And not only do I follow my stomach wherever I go when I'm out into the world, but I love finding myself in neighborhoods and learning from various cultures based on where I'm at. And to me, that excites me. And then I turn and perhaps like find a writing or a short story or an observation piece or like something that fuels me to better understand food in the context of like globalization and culture like that's my way of connecting beyond me is through the writings of people who write about food in and food and studies and it's not just like recipe writing and development which is really important but just like the nitty-gritties of the history and personal stories that help me just learn more and that's how I'm able, I think, to do my job, food for camera or food for scene or whatever, or food part of the, the grand storytelling, which is also something that's grown. And I'm happy to see food as a, as a tool in storytelling being appreciated more as a craft on film, for sure. And I think it's not going away, but I also feel like because of my obsession with it and my protective of the people that prepare these foods or the stories, characters that they're telling, like, I just feel like it has to be done responsibly. And yeah. it's not just to present food porn, it's to be part of someone's presence in this medium. And I, I'm able to see it and I tune into it, learning as much as I can about the person who wrote it or the people that they're writing about. Yeah. Food studies is how I connect with the world. It, it's, it has helped me make connections that are intersectional that have made me a better and sharper thinker and you know i i mean I'm, I'm not like a food studies alumni but just 
um, the overall, you know, kind of improvement and focus on the category, I think, has benefited many of us, myself included. So food and film studies is also growing as well. So I've been looped into that academic world a little mm. bit. And it's just been a very interesting sort of collaboration and in, in talking about food in that arena. Because I really, I really love that part of bringing a story to life because it's just noticeable as costume and hair and other things. And if it's done right, if it's done with a lot of thought and care and respect, I, I think it shows. Totally. Yeah, I think food is having a cultural moment beyond educational mm -hmm. programming. Two of the, I guess, prominent releases, food-centered scripted films, our series, The Bear, and also The Menu, both have, I know, a lot of parts for professional food people that are eerily accurate um, in their presentation. And that was a big part of the dialogue around those films. And, you know, I mean, we're talking about Julia, but I don't really remember having blockbuster films, certainly not about cooking luminaries. Well, Christine, it's been a pleasure getting to chat with you. And where can we support your work, follow and find you? Watch the movies, uh, stay for the credits and see all the lists of people whose names are up there that help bring something to life. Um, because there's a lot of incredible craftspeople that bring bring stories together. And I'm happy that the strikes are behind us and we can all start working again because it's been it's been a long few months so i feel the same way i'm very glad that work has resumed for all the reasons and yeah i mean i i'm really hopeful that work like yours can continue as part of the industry as a benchmark Thank you for listening to the Steven Satterfield show. You can follow us and learn more about the show at Whetstone Media on Instagram, YouTube, and online, whetstonemedia.com. That's W-H-E-T-S-T-O-N-E media.com. We'll be back next week. Peace.